On this week's episode of the We Don't Know Either podcast, we talk farmers markets, bread, and Ikea. Now, if you haven't heard about our book before, oh boy, you got to go get it. It's called We Don't Know Either. It's available wherever books are sold. Don't go to a library right now because of social distancing. You can get it on your phone. Um, Lots of fun trivia games. You can use it to pass the time. Um, Go get the We Don't Know Either book and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the We Don't Know Either podcast. I'm Tallulah. I'm Ben. I'm Alice. Welcome, everyone. Um, how are you doing this week? Fantastic. Wonderful. I'm, I'm excited to, to bring back trivia. Yeah, thanks for bringing it back, Ben. I'm really excited, too. Okay, I'll start, because I am very excited this week. Um, as you all know, I am really into the farmer's market. And having just got back into D.C., I decided I just like had to go to the Rosalind Farmer's Market today. Um, So I just biked to the Rosalind Farmer's Market and back, um, which was quite an ordeal. Um, But I got goat cheese, which is super awesome. So I, in anticipation of the Farmer's Market today, was researching Farmer's Market. And what I learned is that There are more than 8,600 markets currently registered in the United States. Um, And my question for you all is what city has the most farmers markets in the United States? My first guess is to say somewhere in California, just because considering what I view as a farmer's market, I think I imagine something that's outdoors with good weather, um, a lot of agriculture happening so to me it makes sense that it'd be somewhere in California where all of those things bring pretty true yeah I'm I totally agree with everything that Alice just said okay I'm looking for a specific city so Ben which cities are coming to mind for you just out of curiosity and so I can say different ones immediately I went to San Francisco but like I honestly haven't really been in San Francisco to like see that there are farmers markets and I think that maybe that's a bad guess because I don't know if the like most farmers markets would be in like a super super urban place I would think maybe it would be like just adjacent to it so that was sort of leading me to like Silicon Valley area mm-hmm. um yeah that's that's about where I got. Um, d- do you have any further thoughts? So I definitely immediately kind of thought of the Bay Area also, but then like you, I also considered whether it makes sense for a large number of farmers markets to be in a place that is a little bit more urbanized for lack of a better term so i started thinking more towards southern california so i was wondering oh would it be somewhere like la would it be san diego or would it be one of those like still decently sized cities that we're not immediately thinking of that yeah has a little bit more access to kind of the more rural areas so i think i think that makes sense i think probably silicon valley cities are going to be too small so Mm -hmm. I say one of us guests uh, L.A. and one of us guests San Diego. Okay, so uh, I'll go with San Diego, I guess, just because I can. All right, then 
locking it in with LA. Okay, well, you're both wrong. <laughs> I, <laughs> I appreciate the credit you're giving to California for having that culture, because I love farmer market culture. Um, but the city with the most farmer's markets of any city is actually Washington, D.C. Huh. What? Um, yeah, isn't that wild? Speaking of farmer's markets, I can't speak to the Roslyn one, but if you go to the DuPont farmer's market and work your way over to the call your mother stand, you can get some delicious bagels. So my fact has to do with how many bagels are in a baker's dozen. So that's my like first question. And then I'll get into uh, like the, the deeper part of it. Okay, it's 13, and I'm so confident about that because I just got a baker's dozen from Call Your Mother <laughs> over the weekend. Well, there you go. Alice, do you uh, agree? Definitely 13, yes. Well, my next question is, why is it that when you uh, order a baker's dozen versus, let's say, a dozen eggs, like you get 13 loaves of bread versus... 12 eggs. So if I remember correctly, it has to do something with weight. And so I think back in the day, which could either be like 100 years ago or several hundred, you know, time isn't real, it's a social construct, etc. But um, things were generally sold in a way where bakers wanted to protect themselves against litigation or any sort of pushback if they were to provide their consumers with an incorrect amount of whatever they're selling. So the idea is that instead of putting 12 loaves of bread into a baker's dozen, they would put 13 to guarantee that whatever weight they were ultimately sending off with the customer was actually what they were legally obligated to be selling. That is exactly it. Um, I'll, I'll fill in like a little bit more details. You, you, like you said, litigation. Um, and what I read was like bakers were trying to avoid getting like, like a beating. <laughs> there were, there was punishment, including like fines or flogging. Um, and so, like you said, the, the price of bread in, in medieval England was related to uh, the price of wheat. And bakers that were, you know, found to be cheating their customers by overpricing undersized loaves were going to be beaten, I guess. The other idea is that to most bakers, they, did, they didn't have like a, a weighing system available to them. Uh, and then kind of beyond that, it was difficult to even with careful planning, make sure that all of their uh, bread came out to the exact same size. For fear of accidentally coming up short, they would throw in a little bit of extra bread to, you know, just make sure that they were, they were safe. Uh, and so that would appear as like, you know, tearing off a piece of some loaf. If, if one person ordered just a single loaf, they would get like a little tear off of another piece or they would get 
a 13th loaf or even a 14th loaf sometimes just to be extra sure. And that's my fact. That's awesome. Um, so Tulula, you mentioned Washington, D.C., and then Ben, you mentioned DuPont. So just to kind of continue the idea that D.C. is our home right now, um, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm going to be moving homes soon. And so when I think about moving, when I think about um, kind of furnishing my new home, a place that comes to mind is Ikea. So I found some kind of interesting things about Ikea that might be a little bit different from what you're expecting. But um, first, I guess, a question for you guys. So for a little context, in 2009 and 2010, a group of um, filmmakers were able to make a melodrama web series in an Ikea. So how many episodes do you think that they were able to film before they got caught and then basically told off? or filming in Ikea without permission. I feel like it's going to be a surprisingly high number. Yeah, I think so too. I, Ikea is a maze, and I don't think I've ever had anyone talk to me in an Ikea. <laughs> I'm going to say just like, you know, pulling a number out of my ass. 27. Oh. Can you repeat for me again who filmed the melodrama? So it wasn't an official uh, TV channel or production company. From what I understand, it was just a couple of people who thought it would be kind of funny and interesting to try and see how far they could get with creating a TV show in Ikea. And I believe that they were also entering some sort of monthly video competition when they first came up with the idea. Okay. In that case, I'm going to go high with like 40. Okay. Interesting. So I understand why you guys probably thought that the episode count was quite high since it seems like you can get away with doing a lot of things kind of unsupervised in Ikea, but the actual number is seven episodes. I think it's hard to say if they decided to stop filming just because they felt like they'd run out of ideas for the show or if they were actually like very strongly warned against doing it but um this group of a couple of people were able to get together and just film basically without being disturbed by the store staff for you know several months over the course of 2009 and 2010. And so they even went so far as to say that during the time that they shot the first four episodes, they were only once asked what they were doing by store staff. So um, they just told them, oh, you know, we're doing a photo series. And the store staff told them, okay, that's fine as long as you don't ever explicitly mention Ikea or let people know that it was filmed in Ikea. So Mm. the show is called Ikea Heights. And apparently it's very dramatic and um, has been likened to a Telemundo soap opera. So there's a sexually humiliated hero, an amnesiac brother, a wife who's always messing up the sheets in the bedding department, a murder in the pillow department, and then there's even a cop who sits at his desk in the office furnishings department. So I think that they really rounded out the cast of characters and the different scenes necessary for a good entertaining tv show 
I love that. What was the the way you described the sexually what guy? So I'm quoting the Los Angeles Times right now. It is a sexually humiliated hero and his amnesiac brother. Can we make the secret <laughs> phrase sexually humiliated hero? Sure. sure. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm going to have to go watch that. That's super awesome, Ella. With that, I think that's the podcast. So I hope everyone enjoys trivia. And um, may the best person win. This has been the We Don't Either podcast. I'm Tallulah. I'm Alice. I'm and we don't know either. And we don't know either. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> 